Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo tabbouleh, real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini ziti, granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Hello, I'm Dan Dude, and welcome to Green Eggs and Dan. Like many of you, I'm stuck at home during this pandemic, eating and drinking my face off. And so are most of my guests. You ready to rock? Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm okay. here. So that leaves me with a laptop from 2012, my own mic, and me alone in a room, hoping my guests are able to record their half of the conversation. All right, here we go. <laughs> so bear with us. Look at all this beautiful food. Hey, guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan. Wow, what a guest. What a guest. My guest today is an amazing stand up <laughs> comic. I first met decades ago with an S <laughs> when we were on season two of NBC's Last Comic Standing. Uh, he ended up winning season three of Last Comic Standing. Uh, he's also a regular panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And if you haven't seen him on stage, uh, do yourself a favor. When quarantine is over, find this man. He is a killer. Please welcome my good friend Alonzo Bowden. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. I know, it doesn't it seem crazy that Last Comic was what six 15 years ago it's insane yeah it's so crazy how yeah we we've uh <laughs> we go back a ways it's cool though it's it's great you were still in new york then i was i was a fledgling young uh open mic <laughs> i was i mean i i think my comedy at the time reflected it too i was, uh, <laughs> I was an open biker i think they just needed a diversity quotient so uh they let me move through a little bit longer than i should have yeah, I'm going to give you, this is my favorite piece of trivia from um, Last Comics. So this weekend, Friday, Gary Goldman hits 50. Saturday, John Heffron hits 50. Oh, my God. We getting up there, brother. Oh, my God. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yes. Well, we are- listen, it's important to uh, stay healthy the older we get. To eat well, which brings us to uh, my next topic, which is let's take a look inside your fridge. <laughs> you guys, you guys can see Alonzo's fridge on my Instagram at standupdan. Alonzo, I don't know how to tell you this, but you know, normally this show is, you know, this is just a fun conversation about food. I think this is going to turn into an intervention, is what this is, because this is a very, very sad fridge I'm looking at. No, what you're looking at is a single road comics fridge. That's that's what you're looking at. How much I'm not used to keeping food at home. I keep beverages. Um, you see my yogurts and some fruit, which is my breakfast combo, right? Okay. And that's it. That's well, it. Otherwise, man, listen, during this pandemic, during this quarantine, somebody's got to support local restaurants. That's my gig. That's my part. I will help them stay in business. I gave up any pretense of cooking 25 years ago. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can tell. I can tell by this fridge that uh, cooking is not in uh, your skill set. This The fridge, for those of you not looking at it, is about, I would normally say half full, but I think I'm going to say half empty because, man. That's right. You <laughs> got it. it. Listen, the <laughs> beverage department stays well stocked, as you can see. There's, okay. there's a lot of different beverages. Okay, so here's what we have on the top row. We've got <laughs> we've got a plethora of waters. We have That's Fiji right. water in the back. That's I guess for when you're being fancy. You've got <laughs> Arrowhead in the front, and in the middle you've got your sparkling Perrier, the little the, the little dainty cans of Perrier. Yes, flavored, yeah. mind you. Those are delicious. A little lime flavor. I'll tell you. You know what happened with the Fuji water? Um, early on, if you remember, early pandemic when everybody was panicking. Yeah. And you couldn't find anything. Fuji water was the only water they had. Normally, I'm not a $20 a bottle water guy. Right. But but it was the you know, it was like, hey, you got to get some bottled water. So Fuji was all they had. So I was like, all right, let me get some Fuji. So now, you know, I just leave it in there for special occasions. By and, the way, you know how I know that you don't normally get that water, get Fuji water? What's that? Because it's not Fuji. It's Fiji. Fiji. You see, you don't even Sorry. know the name of the water. Fiji. Yeah, I'm not a regular Fiji guy. I, I might be bougie in some areas, but I, I am a relatively common water drinker. You're 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 a commoner with the well. You're well, you're one of the people. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, on the door here's this is what's interesting about the door. You've got on the bottom row lactate and coffee mate. Then you go up two rows and you have lactate and coffee mate. That is so you don't run out. You you have to have the open ones, which are on the middle shelf. Okay. And then the refills on the bottom shelf. Ah, interesting. Okay. So that, I assume that's the same with the silk almond silk. Same milk. with the silk almond milk used. Silk almond milk is used for protein shakes. Okay. That's right. Because you're a big workout guy. I, I, I'm getting back into it. Um, you know, I miss the gym, but even when they reopen the gym, I just, nah, I'm, I've got some kettlebells and, um, you know, you know what I started doing as a workout and it's crazy, heavy jumping, a heavy rope. I have a five pound jump rope. It's thick like those, you know, like the rope they used to tie up a boat or something. Right. Right. But it's a jump rope and man, that thing wears me out. So I've been doing that. But yeah, so I try to, uh, you know, work with the protein shakes on occasion. I'm trying the, I just started trying the uh, intermittent fasting. Oh, really? Just started this week where I'm going to try to only eat between noon and 8 p.m. That sounds like a death sentence to me. There's nothing you, I like more than a, a nice little breakfast. Wait, can you have coffee in the morning? Yeah, yeah. You can drink, you can do liquids. You can do coffee. You can do juice. The, the weird thing is planning for the 8 p.m. cutoff because, as you know, we're living in everything's Zoom now, right? We're, we're all Zooming and, and Instagram Live and Facebook, and everybody wants you on at like 6 or 7, right. you know, because it's prime time back east or whatever. So, so I have to plan ahead to finish eating by that 8 p.m. cutoff. Uh, right. But I will give myself a one-hour leeway on the evening meal if I'm working. So are you feeling any different? Do you feel healthier? Um, it's just been a few days. I, I will tell you that 
I think it, this is what I'm learning, right? They always say that you eat out of boredom and out of habit. So, and that was my late night thing. I mean, I'm, I'm like so many other people, right? I've gained the COVID-19. Right. I say, you don't binge watch, you binge eat during yeah. Netflix, right? Yeah. So once you become conscious of this eating time, when I'm like, oh, I feel like eating, I stop and say, am I really hungry? And it's like, no, you know? So, yeah. so I don't think this is going to be a huge problem. You know, Mario Joyner, I was talking to him. I remember talking to him about a year, year and a half ago, because he stays in shape. He stays thin. Oh, I fast. I don't eat on Mondays and I don't eat, you know, from here to then. I was like, man, that's great. But now I see like, okay, maybe it's, maybe that's the next step. Also, this may be preparation for phase three of the quarantine when we're fighting in the streets for food to be able to live without it would be a, a benefit. Absolutely. We're going to be, <laughs> by, by next year, we're going to be like eating human meat and stuff, right? <laughs> now we're talking about fancy Fiji water. Next next, next year, we're going to do the podcast. It's going to be like, what's that on the third row? Oh yeah, that's uh, Frank, my neighbor. It's his shank bond. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little fresh squirrel I caught out in the yard. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> so you're ordering in mostly? Yeah, I order and I don't order in. I order and go pick it up. That's my... Oh, you go out into the world. Yes, I go out. It, it gets me out of the house safely. But yeah, I, I generally, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. I've been doing that. Where are you getting it from, mostly? Uh, you know, um, let's see, what's around here? There's a place called Urban Eats that's really good. Um, sounds, pretty, like a, sounds like a salad place. Is it a salad? Yeah, it's, it's like tender greens, but better, like with a, with a bigger menu, you know? Shots fired. Um, that tender place greens. is good. I got a really good Thai place that I like to go. Which um, one? Sh- Sharky's Mexican Grill. What's the Thai place? I thought that <laughs> I was like, wait, the Thai place is called Sharky's Mexican. No, Girl? no. The, what's the Thai place called? Ar, Ariana, Artiana. Let me see. Let me see how to pronounce it. It's considering I can't pronounce Fiji. I'm not going to even guess on this. <laughs> Fuji water. Fuji water is like the bootleg, like 99 cent store version of Fiji. I think. Anantra Thai, Anantra Thai restaurant in Woodland Hills. I give it a, a thumbs up rating well we mentioned all the restaurants that are mentioned on the podcast they get a shout out in the instagram all um, right so what is so what is, what is your go-to in, in thai food what do you order mostly i am just like neil brennan's joke read the entire menu order pad thai <laughs> <laughs> same i mean there's it's it's look as much and i'm like a bougie foodie but like i'm the same way i i get down with a good pad thai yeah. It's delightful. And theirs is nice because they do it with chicken and shrimp, and then you can switch up from there, you know, because, and, they, and you can actually find the shrimp, right? Because so many Thai places, it's like, oh, you want shrimp? We got to charge you extra for that. And then there's, you know, and then you got to look for it. But this place, they're not stingy with the meats, which, oh, is, nice. Uh, which is nice. I wonder if the Thai chefs, whenever that ticket comes in that says Pad Thai, is it, it's like someone yelling, play Freebird, man. <laughs> you know what it is to them? I bet to them it's like cheeseburger. It's like going into Italian restaurants, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Like it's the one thing that's always cooking and ready to go, right? You never have to wait for the Pad Thai. 
that's there. <laughs> I wonder, I, I, I'm curious if they're resentful of it. If they're like, man, we have such a bounty of beautiful foods and all these white people and black people want is pad thai. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder, but I, I don't know. It, I don't know anything about the restaurant business. So I don't know if it's good when you have like a specialty that people order or if you want the variation. Um, I remember here, here I'm going to go back on you, Dan, working on a cruise ship. Remember that? Remember yeah. cruise ships? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so I hosted this whole behind the scenes video and they took us on a tour of, you know, all the operations on the ship. And the kitchen operation, what was amazing is there were 1,800 passengers on this ship and they could guesstimate on each meal and be pretty accurate as to like how many people are going to order shrimp cocktail, how many people are going to order, you know, the chicken versus the duck versus the steak versus the, and, and that's what they would cook for. They knew like, okay, there's going to be, you know, 600 people are going to order the, the, the lamb or whatever, which to me is pretty amazing. I mean, obviously they have data over the years, but that's still pretty amazing that they estimate so that they don't make like we, we can't make a thousand chickens cause there's only going to be 400 chicken, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder how they break it down. If it's strictly by, by numbers of people on the cruise or if they actually like, I wanted to split it down like racially like they're like, oh, there's gonna be, <laughs> there's gonna be this many black. All right, you're going down this rabbit hole alone. I am not <laughs> joining you. I am not joining you on, this, on the racial breakdown of Alonzo. So interesting no. that you broke that you brought up the racial breakdown of the cruise eaters. <laughs> How fucked up would that be though if they like if like we find out that they just broke it down like that and it happens to be very accurate? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> I'll be damned. They really do like the chicken. <laughs> it must be very, very, you do, you do a fair amount of work on cruises. I think you were saying you do these jazz cruises. Yeah. Uh, it must be difficult to, I mean, the food in a cruise is, is I'm always, I've been on a cruise a couple times and like, it's kind of shockingly good. The food on a cruise, like you think, well, it's yeah, it's, it's one of the things the people like the cruise passengers like is the food. And they have different levels of food, if, if for, for lack of a better term. The buffet, you know, some of the buffet, the, you, you learn the tricks, right? So when you go to the buffet, you got to go to either the stir fry or the grill because they'll cook it right there in front of you. But you don't want to go to the stuff that's been sitting in a tray for, you know, two hours or any of that stuff. And then, uh, but in the restaurants, yeah, the food's pretty good. I love the cruise wisdom. You're like, listen, guys. I'm <laughs> you telling you, I, I've learned. And the other thing, this is another nice thing about cruises. I And we do the, we used to do the Holland America line. Now we're on Celebrity. So they'll have a restaurant that's like a steakhouse or they have a sushi restaurant and they have a, an Italian restaurant, right? And you pay, but you, you pay like $25, but it's the same meal you would go to a steakhouse you know, you'd go to Morton's and pay $120 for it. Right, you know? right, right. It's better than the it's better than the regular food that they're serving, but the cost isn't that great. So a lot of times that's the move. But um, if you're on a cruise, you will eat too much. You you start out 
with these high ideals. I'm going to have a light breakfast. I'm going to go to the gym. It, this is one of the setups. The gym and the buffet are on the same floor. Ooh. Now, which direction are people going to go? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cruel. Yeah. Let's see. The gym is to the left and the buffet is to the right. Are those fresh donuts I smell? <laughs> Everyone in the in the buffet is wearing their gym clothing. They're exactly. like, I, just, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Well, I walked to the I walked <laughs> up the stairs, so I'm good. I'm good for three days. Right. You're like, well, there's a yoga class in the morning. I'll make that. No, you won't. You're not gonna Yeah, make you it. start out that way. The gym is packed the first day of the cruise, right? The first morning. <laughs> and then you 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 just watch the attendance decrease by day four. Ten people have the gym to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> It's a private gym by the end. Oh, that's good. You you're on the road a fair amount. You're you're on the road a ton. Yeah. How many days out of the year would you say? I've never counted because I think it would be depressing. Right. So I, I guesstimate that I travel, whether it be one day or you know, the five day our five day club week, I travel forty weeks a year. Wow. Doing something. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm I'm a platinum on two different airlines. That's how much I Jeez. used to fly. Yeah. Used to. I know you say it somewhat facetiously that it would be depressing to know that number, but if you could choose a different type of, you know, every comedian has a different kind of schedule, they have a different kind of lifestyle, they have different, you know, some people do more of the TV stuff and stay in one place. What is what are your thoughts on the road after being a road warrior for so long? You know, the um and this is in the last say six years or so, the travel wears on you. Like I remember starting out, right? Because one time Judy, Judy Brown Marmel, okay, for, for your listeners, big time manager in the comedy world, big in the comedy biz. She asked me, she said, you know, what was your model? Like, why do you do what you do? So I started in 93. When I started, the big name comics went on the road, developed a name, got a TV show and, and made, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the, that was the career path model that I saw the guys who I loved, uh, you know, Lewis black, Chris rock, these got, this is what they did. Right. Yeah. So, so I was like, Oh, so that's how you do it. You go on the road, you develop and, and then everything changed with social media, blah, blah, blah. So it's a different world now, but that's what I was trying to do. So my, my ideal career, I mean, the dream, like Chris Rock, you know, where, where you could do whatever you want. You, you, he does a movie every couple of years. He, when he tours, he does theaters and, and, you know, they're all sold out because people love him. And he can drop in to any club anytime or just do that because it's fun for him to do. He gets to, uh, you know, so, so that's where I'd like to be. I, uh, that was the one place where I couldn't make it stick. You know, yeah. TV, like I've watched you, you've done well with your writing, you know, acting, you've done a number of shows and that's great. I, uh, <laughs> years ago, after, I think after my, like my third hosting job, I bumped into Aisha Tyler, right. And, and yeah. I've known Aisha a long time. I said, Aisha, what's it like to have season two? I've never made season two. And she was <laughs> like, oh, that's when it kicks in. It gets good at season two. <laughs> So, you know, what What are you going to do? Keep trying. Keep banging, the, you know, keep banging the doors and going for it. 
So do you feel some sort of inertia now that you that you just stopped traveling for I mean you were traveling nonstop for so long what is the I you know it's it's going to be interesting when we open back up what happens right because right now there's clubs some clubs are open and they're trying to offer these modified like low money deals right you know yeah. they're saying we have a limited and and I get that but then the question becomes if I accept this now, you know how clubs operate. You're going to say, this is my new price. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you have to be careful of that. There are certain clubs that I know the owners I've been working with for years and I absolutely love them and trust them. And they're like, hey, man, work for, you know, work for 60% of your money during this and then we'll get back to work. I'm fine with that. And then um, Maranzio, uh, you know Maranzio. Yeah, Maranzio Vance. Yeah, Maranzio was joking. He's like, yeah, I'm the test dummy. They're sending me out. I do a weekend. If I don't die, then they bring in the big name headliner for the big money, right? <laughs> so that's going to be another thing in our business, right? Like, like Joe Rogan just did a club, you know? Joe does arenas. That's crazy. So if Joe is doing the Houston Improv, what are those of us who used to do the Houston Improv going to do? I don't know. I, I have no idea how it's going to go. You're going to do like the, the Houston coffee shops. <laughs> we're we're going to be relegated. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Who knows? Yeah. You know, just just like in acting, right? I, you remember a few years ago when they basically sent out a thing and said, look, movie stars are doing TV. TV stars are doing guest stars. Guest yeah. stars are doing day playing. And you're probably going to be out of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. When Lawrence Fishburne is doing a sitcom, <laughs> you know, Good luck to me. Good luck to me getting a dad on a sitcom when Lawrence Fishburne's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were uh, this road warrior, would you, so when I was on the road, you know, I, I obviously not as much as you, but for like three years, I was doing the colleges probably mm -hmm. as much as you. I think I was on the road about 40. Yeah. Colleges are, that's a ton of travel. Ton yeah. Of it was a lot, but I made, I kept saying by basically turning every every show into like a food expedition, finding out the fun restaurants in town. That was literally all I did. Uh, what is your, like when you're on the road, do you, does food play any role in this or you're just- No, food is generally, unless it's, you know, unless you're in Kansas City and you got to have barbecue or there's some place that I know specifically that I like, um, food is maintenance. Food is, you know, you eat because you got to eat. Right. Oh um, man, this is, you're very antithetical to what this whole podcast is about. I, I am sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> I know, I know you're, I know you're foodies and listen, you think I meant, you think I'm bad here. I did Tom Papa's Tom baked bread. It's like the hell, what did, did the stores all go out of business? The hell are you doing? You know, he's, <laughs> did you know this about Tom? Tom is a baker. It I didn't know thing. this. I think everyone's becoming a little bit of a, you know, 1950s housewife now with all this going on. Like, <laughs> we're all baking our own bread and like making our, our own pasta and stuff. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I, I mean, I like good food. But the other thing is, and, and I don't know if you had this experience, you work in colleges. So it's a little different than working clubs. And, you know, uh, I got a nice fan base. They're great people. A lot of people like, Oh, when you come to town, we got to go to dinner. And it's kind of like, um, I'm working. 
Oh. Like that, that's my work time. See, when you do colleges, you may have a little freedom. With me, I got an eight o'clock show and a 10 o'clock show. So unless I want to join the seniors in Miami for a five o'clock blue light special, <laughs> there's not a lot of opportunity to eat. That's true. I didn't think about that. When I would do a college, it would be like your show's from eight to nine or seven to eight, and then I'd be free for the rest of the night. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's not the club biz. <laughs> <laughs>
like I put it up there with, I think it's more delicious than like a cream spinach or like a sauteed spinach. Oh yeah, definitely. Right? And it's actually pretty healthy, but, but here's the thing. You have to know how to make greens. Yeah. You, you, it's one of those things you have to know, even, even, and I said collard greens just for the bit, for the benefit of your fans, because normally I would just say greens right. and you know what that is. Right. And, <laughs> right. And, a friend of mine, it, it's, she moved up to uh, Santa Clarita, up to the Valencia area in the mid nineties, you know, back, you could get houses real cheap, big houses. And she said, she went to the grocery store and she said, do, do you guys have greens? And they were like, green, what? We have a lot of green vegetables. She was like, okay. And then she got in the car and drove to LA. <laughs> <laughs> that was her litmus test. I love it. What is uh, the best high-end meal that you've ever had? Oh, um, there is a steakhouse, and I, w I wish I could remember the name of it. It's in the MGM Grand. In the MGM Grand in Vegas? Yeah. Okay. I want to look it up, but yeah, keep going. So they have this meal where you get the best of every steak. You get a, a Wagyu steak. You get a... Uh, What's the other Japanese steak that... Uh, like a Kobe? Kobe. You get a, a Kobe. You get grass-fed American. It, it's basically, we sat there and we felt like, you know, like in medieval times when you would just have meat and, and you'd be slamming grog and just... <laughs> it, was, it was just steak just oh, coming. It. Different types of steak. It, you know, it was three of us. I remember this. And they, and it. It was fantastic. I, I don't eat red meat like that often, but this was one of those, like, if you're going to go to a steakhouse, eat steak. You know what I mean? It was just delicious and different. And it was different enough that you could tell they were different meats and prepared differently. Oh, yeah. But, but just fantastic. And one of those meals after which you do nothing. Like, it's like, okay, you're, we're done. Yeah. But but it was great. It was it was probably two hours sitting there having them bring the different uh, meats out with all the sides on the table. Yeah, that was a meal. I think there's nothing like the pageantry of a steakhouse. Like just like the martini. The it just feels so like. Uh, first of all, I love. I, I take a lot of pride. So the steakhouse you went to, first of all, was Tom Calicchio Steakhouse Craft yes, Steak. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Which so you were in good Craft hands. Steak. That's it, craft steak. But uh, he, you know, he's the he's the top chef host. But he's also he started the restaurant Craft in New York, which is like which was like a super duper high end upscale, like one of the best restaurants in New York City for a long time. So I I can imagine it's fucking awesome when someone like him is is doing a steakhouse. But I take like I have a lot of like American pride when it comes to steakhouses because it's such an American thing. It's yes. like. I don't think they have them in any other country the way we do it, where it's like the point is to leave feeling sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just, you, eating is all you're going to do tonight. Yeah. That's it. You're, like you, you know, it's not that, this isn't going to be a light Mediterranean meal. No. Right? No. This isn't going to be a bunch of sampling courses. No. You're going to sit down. You see this cow? Yeah, we killed him. Now you're going to eat him. <laughs> it's great you got to plan your whole day around it like eat light at breakfast and lunch and oh i love going to a steakhouse there's nothing like yeah. it 
what is the best low-end meal you've ever had? This could be a street taco. This could be something from a food. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now that the garbage that I like to eat, and it's a long list, but every now and then I still got to have an, a street hot dog in New York. Oh, a dirty dog. Yeah. 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 It doesn't get much better. What toppings do you put on it? Um, red mustard and red onions. Nice. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I thought you were going to say relish, and then I was going to end this whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'd like relish and a nice gray poupon. Shut up. <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? I was eating red onions before you were born, youngster. <laughs> <laughs> Alonzo, I don't, I, I don't know if you're much of a drinker, but the next question is, what's your favorite drunk food? I don't drink. I, I haven't drank in a long time. Um, my favorite, <laughs> this is my, my friend, uh, Matt Kazam. You know, I don't know if you know Matt. I don't believe I do. Matt's a comic, uh, used to be out of D.C. Now he lives in Vegas. And he has a great, great breakdown of drunk food, right? He said, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> Denny's. He said, Denny's, Denny's is like a hooker, right? Like at two o'clock in the afternoon, you see Denny, yeah, I'm not going to eat that. Just like a hooker, you're like, oh, she's disgusting. He's a but at two o'clock in the morning, you're like, ooh, Denny's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Breakfast, breakfast at Denny's is such a great end of the night, you know, late night meal from whatever that, you know, some, some do Taco Bell, which yeah. God bless you if you want to do. No, late night after the party, on the way home, after the gig, after the second show Friday, whatever, Denny's. Yeah. Denny's breakfast. Yeah, I'm with you. There's something about, I think the saddest thing to see in a Denny's is the sun coming up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that just means you've done it again, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sunrise in Denny's is just as depressing as it gets. Or, Or it was a phenomenal night. Yeah. One or the other. One or the other. (laughs) It's usually the former. (laughs) Do you have a favorite, like, celebrity chef or celebrity food personality? Like, could be like an Anthony Bourdain type or... You know know who I'm going to give it to? And and only because I met him and he was very cool. Gordon Ramsay. Really? That's a good one. Now, I know at this point, there's nothing he won't put his name on, right? Like, there's so many places and this and that but i met him very very odd i'll tell you my gordon ramsay story yeah i was at a formula one car race in austin texas you know i'm a big fan of cars motorcycles and all of that and watches and fine watches yeah so we're in the men's room and i think somehow we kind of recognized each other you know i guess maybe he likes comedy or something like that or I don't know what it was, but we glanced at each other and then I came out and waited. And then he came out a few minutes later. He's like, I'm glad you waited. How you doing? And like men, we will not acknowledge each other, right? Men at the, at the urinal, there is a code that we've all learned somewhere. There's no, how you doing, Gordon? Nice to meet you. No. (laughs) No. But as soon as we stepped out, it was kind of, it was cool. And we talked for a minute and I know he's the, you know, the asshole on the TV shows and he's yelling at people and this and that. But in this, maybe he was, cause he wasn't in the kitchen or whatever. 
nice guy, very cool. And I have eaten at a few of his uh, various restaurants in Vegas. And yeah. the food's good. So, yeah, he's my guy. That's a good guy to have. Honestly, I think all that mean stuff that he does is, is an act that he knows he can make a ton of money off of, you know? Yeah. I think you can't run a multinational company like that by being a piece of shit. You know what I mean? No, you and you wouldn't get away with it Yeah. to that extent. Like on TV, you can yell at the new chefs and the this and that. In real life, nah. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because his, his episodes... A lot of his shows that he has here, like a uh, restaurant, uh, what's the one called where he like goes into a shitty restaurant and then fixes it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name. Anyway, the, he's got British versions of all these American shows. Yeah. And he's definitely a little nicer and a little like smoother around the edges in the British one. In the American <laughs> one, he really just brings it. <laughs> Maybe there's some underlying resentment toward Americans that he's, this is when he's allowed to just cut loose. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find out he's like King George III's great, 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 great grandson. And he's just like, <laughs> uh, okay, desert island food. So you're trapped on a desert island. There's one thing you have to eat for the rest of your life and you are not going to get tired of it. What is it? Wow, that is a tough one, man. You, yeah. um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I interviewed uh, Scott Ackerman and at this point he was like, Dude, these are all the same question. It's like, what food do you like to eat? Why, why are you asking it in 10 different ways? <laughs> no, I think there, there are some differences because if I had to eat one food for the rest of my life, I don't think it would be steak. Yeah, your life would be over pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so let's go with the, the versatile, well-loved and stereotypical chicken. Pizza? Chicken, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the chicken. What is your favorite preparation of said chicken? Barbecue it. Barbecued? So yeah. Sl- like slow and low? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, melt, yeah. melt in your mouth, barbecue. I don't think it gets better than... And it's funny, I think that barbecued chicken in, the, in barbecue restaurants are sort of like the ugly stepchild because everyone goes for the brisket, everyone goes for the pork ribs, but the barbecued chicken is such a pleasurable experience. That smoke... This, I was about to say, the smoky flavor of a barbecue chicken, that's, that's good eating right there, Dan. That's a good one. That's a good, good one. Eat. How the hell do you not gain weight being the foodie you are? I, how do I not gain weight? I, I mean, I eat, I don't like gorge. I eat a lot of good food, and I, eat a, I don't really like not eat fatty foods. But I don't gorge. I work out a fair amount. You know, I hit the kettlebells every morning. Yeah. I got to tell you, uh, you know, it's kind of like how you're saying that that clubs are going to are going to ask you for less money if you take the less money. My thing that is going to carry over after quarantine, I don't think I'm going to join the gym again. I think I'm done with the gym because I'm working out a lot more just by having stuff at home because it takes that whole commute out of the way. Also, like my gym sent out an email. They're like, great news. We're open. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, I've always been bored working out at home, but I'm, I'm like you now. I'm getting into it. I'm swinging kettlebells and jumping that heavy ass rope and yeah. it is nice to knock it out in like 30 minutes and be done rather yeah, well, than drive to the gym do absolutely. the workout drive home the shower the blah 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 yeah, yeah. So. all right couple more questions here what is your what is there a food that you can't stand eating here's a very popular food that i don't like avocados oh really 
Not a fan of the avocado. The consistency, I don't like that kind of sliminess to it. And it's not really flavorful to me. Yeah. I can get that. I can get down with that. Not not a fan of the avocado. I know everybody's eating them. It's the thing. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's in LA. Those are fighting words to say you're not an avocado. <laughs> That's yeah, like, but most people who live on avocados, not really up for a fight. Not That's really. true. That is, <laughs> that is true. No, you, yeah. you never, you never hear. Let me put down this avocado toast and whip your ass. You'll never hear that. <laughs> no, but they will write about you on their Twitter feed, though. That's for sure. Well, well, let me ask you this though: Is it just kind of slime? Like, are you into okra? I can do okra and tomatoes. Yeah, I can do okra. You know, I grew up. My mother's from South Carolina. My grandmother had a farm in South Carolina where I would spend summers as a kid. Oh, nice. So I definitely ate all that, you know, good Southern food, that, good Southern food cooked by a grandmother. Yeah. Like the, you, you talk about there is nothing better. There's nothing better than that. No. It, it, it has nothing to do with health. They never heard of healthy. <laughs> to them, healthy is, is like more weight you gain, the more healthy you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. Grandma cooking. I remember... I remember when I was in like high school and I was telling my grandma, cause you know, Persian food is like a lot of rice and a lot of like stews that you put on top of the rice, mm. kind of like Indian food, but in a substitute spice for herbs, that's yeah. Persian food. So I remember once I was like getting into working out and stuff and I was like, yeah, grandma, I'm cutting down on the carbs. And she's like, what are carbs? I'm like, you know, carbohydrates. <laughs> she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, there's protein and there's carbs. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, so, food. it's food. It's food and you eat it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Grandma's food is the best. Uh, this is my favorite question. Do you have a restaurant pet peeve? Loud people in the restaurant. Got it. Very annoying. Yeah, yeah, very annoying. When two tables over from you, there's the whatever it is going on, and they feel like everyone needs to listen to this. Yes. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's a pet peeve. As far as the, the, the service and the food, it's, it's okay. Here, I'll tell you a problem though. This, this is, is let me, let me let you in on a black thing. All right. Okay. Black people justified or unjustified are stereotyped, stereotyped as bad tippers. Right. You've heard this. Yes. You've heard this, right? So when the service is bad, I still have to tip well <laughs> because they won't get it that the service is bad. They get it like, oh, yeah, another black guy who don't tip. You know what I mean? So I'm trapped. <laughs> I'm trapped in the tip game. Oh, that is good. I, I can't go cheap. I can't go 10% because the service was bad. You know, I'm right. carrying my whole race here. I got to go 20% minimum no matter what. And I think they know it. I think they know they got me. <laughs> and the, the, the flip side of that is maybe they think, oh, he's black. He's not going to tip well. So they'll give you a little bit less service because of that. And then you get right. the 20% and then they'll be like, huh, but you still got shitty service. I may be paying for the sins of my forefathers. I don't know. or but it's like that uh ian edwards has that bit about like like yeah i don't tip that much at restaurants because we didn't get tipped for slavery (laughs) (laughs) finally alonzo i don't think again you're not a huge restaurant guy but what is the first restaurant 
that you will go to after quarantine? Other than the places like ordering takeout and stuff like that, like if I go to sit down and eat somewhere, I think I may celebrate a steak with Morton's. I think that might be the move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Steakhouse might be the move. Yeah. To celebrate. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I think it needs to be a place that is known for a vibe. I think you need a vibe for, to break this quarantine thing. Like I miss being in crowded restaurants so much. Yeah, I am. I've never been the trendy restaurant guy. You know, like like I'll ride my motorcycle down up and down on PCH and you see Nobu, right? Yeah. And and the parking lot's always full. And I'm like, I can't imagine trying to get a table there. Like if it's something where I got to, you know what I mean? Like I got to yeah. do a thing or I got to know somebody or drop it. Like, mm, I guess, uh, have you eaten there? Uh, I was going to say, now you know someone. If you need a reservation, I can hook you up at Nobu. <laughs> see, see, you need a guy. I don't you got a guy. I don't know, if, but now I got a guy, and I got a cool guy, because if I had to have Kanye, then I'd never go. <laughs> All right, well, after quarantine, we'll go to Nobu on the beach together. I'll be riding, <laughs> I'll be riding behind you on your motorcycle with my arms around you. <laughs> Alonzo, uh, always such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I, you know, there's, there's very few comics who are as nice off stage as they are funny on stage. Uh, and you are absolutely hilarious on stage, which says a lot about how you are off stage. So thank well, you. Thank so you. Much. I appreciate it. You know, the the um, we're we're mutual fans, and and you know our careers kind of went different directions, but we still will always have Jamie Masada and the Laugh Factory. Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I will say whenever I'm whenever I'm walking up and I see your name on the marquee and I see that we're going to be on a show together, I, it puts a smile on my face because I know that I'm going to have half an hour of fun conversations with you. And yeah, definitely, definitely. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Steven. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.